There we are. Here we go. There you are coming along with the ride. Much appreciated. It's the John Curley Sherry Elliger Show. You're writing to us. That's good. It's good for you. Nine out of ten dentists recommend that you write to the show. Still trying to convince that tenth dentist, Sherry? I don't know why he's holding back or she's holding yeah, back. He just, just wants to be, you know, different. Makoshu Casino Resort, one 973 Our listeners are more clever than we are, and they demonstrate that all the time. As you read your letters, dive it into that. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. There's news out there, and we've found it. Combination news and entertainment we like to call what, Andrew? Newstainment. That's right. You'd like to hear yourself say on the air your name and where you're from, and you just, you're hungering for some newstainment. Go to our Instagram page, the John and Sherry Show, our Instagram page, and um, click on... What, is it? what do you do? Click on something, Joe, and then goes to the Facebook, right? Can they find it easily? <laughs> yeah. Ah, this stuff works. Contact us. It'll get yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. Call us. Tell you what to do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. That's either a ticker tape in the background or that's Joe doing a great big bong hit. Can't tell what. Sad story, as a matter of fact. Jennifer uh, Crumley, the first parent of a mass shooter facing charges, took the stand in Michigan today. Yikes. Wow. The landmark case against a mother in Michigan. Jennifer Crumbley is charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter after her son killed four students at Oxford High School in 2021. She has pleaded not guilty. But if she is convicted, it would be the first time that parents are held responsible in connection with a mass shooting committed by their child. And joining us for our legal segment, Better Call Brian, is ABC News contributor and attorney Brian Buckmeyer. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be here, guys. So every time I see this on the news, and many people that I know, and you see a minor involved, you automatically think, okay, what did their parents know? Were their parents involved? What type of home did they grow up in? So this is a clear case that there were red flags. The father purchased the gun. Mom knew about it. What's up with this? Yeah, like you said, it's about red flags and how that gun got into the shooter's hands. When you look at some of the red flags that the prosecution is putting forward, they're talking about these text messages that the shooter shared with the mother, that he was seeing demons in the home, things flying off the shelf. And she kind of like poo-pooed it, like just kind of brushed it off as not that much. But we know that he had lost his grandmother, he had lost his dog, his best friend had moved away. Uh, and then we talk about the actual day of the shooting, when the teachers called in the parents and showed them this math homework with quotes like, like, the thoughts won't stop, help me, blood mm -hmm. everywhere, pictures of a gun, pictures of a bullet. These are the red flags that the prosecution is pointing to to try to prove their case. What's the defense saying about these red flags? The defense is saying that they didn't know that their child had mental health issues to this level, that the teachers in the school should have alerted them, should have given them more information, and that they were unaware, even though the father purchased a gun, that this would be an issue in terms of either harming himself or others. This could be a landmark case. Could it set a precedent for cases moving ahead? Absolutely. The word that we use in the legal field is called a bright line rule. What's going to be criminal and what's not going to be criminal. So when you look at a case like this, where you have this many red flags, and I would say that cause or that kind of spark of actually purchasing a gun for your child. If you add those together in Michigan, they're saying that's enough for involuntary manslaughter. That's enough to put someone away for up to 15 years. Hmm. Did they purchase the gun for the kid? No, uh, I, this is a, a little bit complicated, but what All they're right, accusing 
her mo- mm-hmm. the mother of is basically negligence. They say that the kid went to her and said he was depressed. She said that's not true. He seemed a little upset. He wanted to go to therapy. She said she didn't think it was necessary. And the father, um, while this was going on, the mother was having an affair with this fireman. And mm-hmm. she spent a lot of time at, I guess they have a course, and she spent a lot of time at the stable. And they accuse her of being unaware of her son's declining mental health because she was involved with this affair. Uh, mm-hmm. The husband, uh, he's she hasn't had any contact with him for about two years. He's also charged in this case. And so um, the day of the shooting, they went to the school. They, he had all these weird drawings, all this strange stuff, and she was willing to take him home that day. But the school mm-hmm. officials said, no, if he wants to stay, I don't think it's that concerning, he can stay. And that's when it all happened. So as far as the the, the things flying around the house, they lived in a yeah. really, really old house. And they said that, you know, they teased about having a ghost there. I think they called her Victoria. And uh-huh. stuff just kind of happened that that was exaggerated. Yeah. The problem with this case is that you're now going to have to set a standard for what is good parenting and what is good. And the value of the how the parent interacts with the child and then say, well, the parent knew. Well, the school had red flags. The parents had some red flags, whether they cared to address them or not. To make the parent responsible, you have to go back and stand. Now there would have to be a standard of care that the state would have to say, well, this is good standard. This is bad standard. You violated these um these you know three or four indicators that this kid had mental illness so you're responsible right it's like the idea of the bartender the bartender over serving the individual so then the bar loses its license because it's over served the bartender has to assess how many drinks the person has had person walks up to the bar and there's another one bartender gives them another one even though the bartender knew and often if you work in a bar they'll make you take a class to learn how not to overserve because you get your license taken away. So at some point, there's a human interaction between the drunk coming to the bar and asking for the drink and the bartender saying, no, you've had too much. Call a friend, call a cab. You're out of here and kicking the person out. Right. If they overserve, they are then uh, part of the crime that occurred for the parent. It's not as simple as just handing somebody a drink like Adam Lanz's mother. Like, this is a nutty. That's the kid in Sandy Hook. The mother bought guns because they thought, oh, this will help me relate to my son. So we'll go to the shooting range together. But that kid was mentally ill. There's indicators along the way that you have to step in there and catch but you have to assume the parent, one, wants to be honest and wants to deal with it. Does the parent want to call the authorities and have the kid turned over? Maybe they think, oh, he's getting better. I don't have to call. But once the state determines, well, this is good behavior and this is bad behavior, well, then you could open up to a whole bunch of parent-child uh, relationships, right? You certainly don't want to do that because then we could take every single kid that is involved in another shooting where you go in and you blast through a bunch of other gang members well the parent is responsible because they probably should have done more not to raise the child to have such little regard for other human life well then now look out now we're getting into the kind of area where nobody wants to talk about that stuff so same thing parent child relationships the state determining what is good and what is bad would be a big problem she took the stand here she's complaining about her son having it's just this is her actually testifying here's what she says did you ever believe that your son needed mental health treatment, therapy, counseling, anything? No, I mean, 
There's a couple of times where Ethan has expressed anxiety over taking tests, um, anxiety about what he was going to do after high school, whether it was college, uh, military. So he expressed those those concerns to me, um, but not not to a level where I felt he needed to go see a psychiatrist or a mental health professional right away. No. Did you ever? deny him or say, no, I'm not going to take you to a mental health professional? Did he ever ask you? No. I mean, he, one time um, when he was talking about what he wanted to do for the for his future, I don't know, he just, he was feeling really down about it and stressed. Um, we did, we did, my husband did call his school counselor to try to talk to him because they do a lot of future academic planning with the tech school. Um, was that a mental health issue? No, it was more or less addressing what was upsetting my son at that time. Okay, and what was the what was upsetting him? The fact that he didn't know what he wanted to do. His grades weren't that great, so he was stressed out about getting into college. Um, he just he was just having a hard time with his future goals. Hmm. Mm hmm. Don't you yeah. think there should be some culpability? Uh, for the parents, if it is proven that there is a a gun that isn't secured, that I mean, maybe that would be with an age limit, like the little boy in Virginia. He's six years old, found the gun, took it to school, shot his oh, teacher. Yeah. Shot his teacher. Yeah, I think the mom and, got charged on that one. She, she did, yeah. and she went. She's going to prison for it. Mm. I think those kinds of things have to be in place, and I think it does send a. a a bit of a cautionary tale to people that aren't securing their guns, especially if someone is has small children. Mm-hmm. You want to believe that if you're teaching these kids in high school how to shoot a gun, they're going to be responsible with it because hopefully that's what you're teaching them. But when they're under the age of 10, y- you don't know what they could do. I mean, they're unpredictable. Right. Yeah, they have yeah. friends that could influence them. I-, I think that at a very minimum, Parents that have guns available to kids that are at a certain age should be held somewhat responsible. They're not responsible for the for the murders, but they're responsible somehow. If a kid tells the parent that they're depressed and they've got all sorts of problems and then the kid kills himself, is the parent complicit? Is the parent responsible for that death? We rule that a homicide and charge the parent because the child killed himself. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, once you start going down that road, it's going to be, uh, you know, a very, very slippery slope. Yes. The parent, the 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 guilt that that parent would probably hold for the rest of their lives over that child killing him or herself is un- unbelievable. I'm sure. Uh, not that that's enough, but I mean, they didn't. They. Not every parent is going to get their kid mental health help. It's just not going to be accessible to some people. And some right. some parents still believe it's going to stigmatize the child. Got it. You're, you're right. I, I'm not a big movie guy. I don't know how I stumbled on this thing. I think Tom told me to watch it. So if stories like this create great anger, sympathy and everything, there's this unbelievable. It's such a simple movie. It's four actors in one room. And it, the name of the movie is called Mass, Mass. And I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but it is absolutely just life-changing when you see how these actors portraying these parents. You say you want to heal. Is this how? 
We're not here to attack you. And we promise that. We want to know how this happened. We need your help with that. I'm willing to help. When you talk about blame on your part, I want to know what you're referring to. It's very hard to answer. Well, please try. It's not just one thing. Tell me about your son. What would you like to know? Everything. I want to know everything. Why? Why do I want to know about your son? Because he killed mine. It's not our fault, Richard. Oh, it is. But the resolution at the end of this movie is just highly recommended. If, if this story, as the story of the Michigan rolls along and it gets more news, if it does get more news, highly recommend you watch that movie. It is just right on the point between these parents, the the parent of the kid that lost their life and the parent of the shooter, and to be able to equally um, walk you through both conscious consciousnesses of, of the parents and their their roles in all of this is just great i think i think it won a whole bunch of awards but it's not a great big you know shoot 'em up movie doesn't have anything else just four people in a room with a box of kleenex in this church and wow it is really good really good how about that me going off on the uh on a movie sherry yeah good you you're yeah. You're catching up. You watched yeah. that uh, <laughs> that documentary. I yeah, heard. Joe told me to watch. Uh, yeah. Yes, that was surprising. Yeah, that's surprising. Uh, it's time for Gavin Newsom, real quick. Let's see, Gavin Newsom. It's a little long, but um, he's oh, it's way too long. But I call BS on this story. Are there three minutes? Yeah, let's get this real fast. So Gavin Newsom's on a Zoom thing. They got a bunch of people there, yes, and sir. he have- uh, you drop this, and he comes. Oh, this is Gavin Newsom talking about being a target. Okay, he's a target, and then he picks it up. And he's walking out. He's talking about a guy shoplifting. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out. He didn't pay for that. I said, well, why are you stopping? She goes, oh, the governor. I swear to God, true story. And my mom's great. No. The governor lowered the threshold. There's no, there's no, there's no accountability. There's no, I said, that's just not true. And she, I, she got, I said, we have the 10th toughest, $950, the 10th toughest in America. She doesn't even know what I was talking about. By the way, it's the 10th toughest in America. So look it up. No one gives a damn about right. that. And I said, it's just not true. There's still stop. He said, well, we don't stop them because of the government. And then she goes, she looks at me twice and then she freaks out. She calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? And it was, you know, $380 later. And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Well, not fair. Not fair. Not fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're a victim. My yeah. Poor guy. Sorry, I'm going to go ahead and get I get us started. I know that Mayor Gloria and Mayor Breed are still logging on. So, um, Hopefully all the reporters were on. We've, we've got about 30 folks on, so yeah. we're going to go ahead and get started He says, I hope there's no reporters on here. I know that. So, what, so they here's can why. check out the story? <laughs> yeah, here's, here's why. The guy travels with a security force everywhere. When he was the mayor... Big security force, all sorts of SUVs. As the governor, you think that person at Target that knows, oh, the governor, doesn't realize when he's standing there and the other three guys are all around him? You don't believe that? that, Come on. I swear on my mother's grave. Yeah, you're a victim. By the way, you did pass a law. You did sign the law that now 
employees are not supposed to do anything or not supposed to ask to be involved. And yes, you were one of the first to put this thing in place. The people of San Francisco said, yeah, we don't, you know what, free strikes are out. That's not fair. Somebody steal something. So they did drop it down to 900 and some. It's on you, Governor. But I don't yeah, believe that he was a target. And the person's like, oh, the, and then she recognized him and wanted a photo. Bull crap. Well, also, why? What? What did he buy for three hundred and eighty dollars at Target? Uh, hair gel. Joe and I had a little side conversation, Sherry. Yeah. 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 I'm not cutting you out of it. Just letting you know, Joe. Mama. Go to the, inst- go to the Instagram page, John and Sherry Show. Instagram. That's S H A R I Sherry. John and Sherry Show Instagram page. And, uh, Joe, what are they supposed to do to make this thing work? <laughs> well, they, they just kick the, they hit the contact button, uh-huh. and then it'll dial up our voicemail. Yes. And then you say, I'm Aaron from uh, Renton, and yes. I'm in need of some newstainment. Right. Yeah. And whoever says newstainment the best, I mean, really punches that made-up word. But win fabulous prizes, as determined by Joe. All right? Sounds and you get good. a chance to be heard on the radio, yeah. Well, you know, start mm-hmm. the show every day with that. That'd be great. Or oh, every four o'clock. Okay, stop it. You know what? Get yourself some sort of device and satisfy yourself. <laughs> Sorry, do you hear that? I no, guess every no. bit of it. No. <laughs> get yourself some sort of device. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, as we we're in the right uh, segment to say that. Yes, we are, Sherry, because here they come. Uh, ABs, uh, or what are they called? Adult babies. ABs, yeah. ABs, adult babies, or people that suffer from paraphilic, um, infancy. That's, they normally, it's boys, starts around 11 years old. They really get into, like, wanting to be a baby. And then they grow up and they still want to be babies and they like to wear diapers and stuff. And now they're, they're in a <laughs> community and, Southern New Hampshire. Well, we all know New Hampshire is known as the live free and die state, but some here in Atkinson are wondering if uh, this new business takes that a little bit too far. The owner of what she says is the first and only diaper spa in the country invited me in for a look to try to dispel some of the fears and misconceptions. Play-Doh, kinetic sand, crayons. It looks like a child's playroom. It it is. Um, it's, It's for... Processing. It's for working out issues. Colleen Murphy shows me the childlike safe space where she hopes to dispense therapy that involves clients wearing adult diapers to deal with stress or trauma. And what about the diapers? It's a diaper spa. This is my changing area. So it has diapers, changing room, baby powder, and wet wipes, and I guess everything you would expect. The diaper spa website offers nursery spa care for $300 an hour. Virtual play dates for two hundred, and a diaper B and B for fifteen hundred dollars a day. That Murphy describes as a premier experience for the little one inside of you. By the way, that's what you're going to win if you give us a good voicemail message. <laughs> send, send you the the Airbnb. It's for uh, the little one inside you, Sherry. Help them process whatever trauma it was. A lot of times it's childhood trauma when they were still in diapers or just getting out of diapers, and they want to feel that safety that they had before that. Playtime, story time, nap time, cuddle time. Mm-hmm. 
you understand why people read this when they think for an adult in a diaper? They, I guess they, you talk about the judgment. They find it strange. They do. And, um, you know, I don't ask them to understand. You know, it would be nice if they did, but you're not going to all understand other people's needs and lifestyle. Some neighbors are outraged, and an online petition has been started to block the diaper spa from operating here. I'm sure there's a lot of kids that live around here, and what type of people are going to do that? You, you do what you want in your home, but a business, I, I just, it's not right for the community. Others say live and let live. just wouldn't bother me. I mean, if I didn't need it, it still wouldn't bother me. Murphy says her clients are all over 21, and she insists the diaper wearing isn't about recreation or sexual fetishes. What do you hope comes from this? That people learn to be more accepting of people that, um, you know, are different. Murphy tells me she's licensed in New York and Maine, but not in New Hampshire. She believes she doesn't need a license to practice the kind of therapy that she is handing out. The town manager says he's been talking with Murphy about the needs and requirements for a home business in a residential neighborhood, but he says no formal application has been filed yet. When it is, he says, it will have to go before a public meeting of the town zoning board. We're in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Dan Housley, 7 News. So then we get into this whole thing of, like, is this so big accepting, right? Society has a response or has responses to things like this, like people, furries and people, adults trying, trying to be babies. And you say, so we accepting it. Is this person, is this an illness? And should they, they want to get over it or we should all accept it and not be judgmental, right? The idea yeah. of, well, society is too judgmental and live and let live. But people can have the response like, Phew, that is weird, right? That's that's odd. Oh, no, it's not. You're judging. No, it's 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 odd. And then you say, is this a condition that somebody could try to get over? And then you start and then you, it's the old camel's nose under the tent. Well, if this behavior is, you know, who are we to judge as a society that it's a pr- perfectly OK? Then you, how many more steps do you make until it gets to the point where people say, well, I like to do this. OK, that's fine. Um, in the privacy of your own home, nobody has to hear about it. But at a certain point when it becomes more public and you're asking somebody to accept the behavior, the acceptance is that you're no longer living free. You're telling that other person, accept it, and, um, and not only accepting it, but then also don't judge it. Well, people will judge it, right? And well, I mean, I don't see what the big deal is, really. I mean, I think it's completely weird, but it's not like they have an outdoor playground where a bunch of adults are walking around in diapers. I mean, it is all behind closed doors. It is all private. And I, I mean, I I guess it could lead to some weird people hanging out there, but lots of places could do that. I mean, it's I don't I, I wouldn't oppose it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, what what do you care? How does that affect anybody? It doesn't. Listen, there's a bunch of other stuff. People, well, why does that guy wear that or do this? That's weird, right? What society? But at a certain point, society does go. Well, is this? Uh, as long as you're not asking anybody to approve and then change their behavior and approve um, or affirm, we hear a lot about affirming that it's your responsibility to affirm my choice. 
Nah, not yeah, really. As long as you don't have to call him a baby or something, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah and as long as I'm not asking for discounts. Right. Whoa, I'm under two. <laughs> yeah, I'm 325 pounds, but I'm under two, right? And you got to accept that because I so, see myself as a two-year-old. I, I'm a little naive about this. The what? diaper thing. Yeah, the diaper thing. Are they, she has a changing yep. station? Does she do the changing? Sherry, stop judging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just I, I I have a lot of natural curiosity. I just don't know what that would be for. Do you bring somebody along? I mean, it's I think gross. that's a safe assumption that she's she's helping. Ugh, gross. Imagine trying to hire for that job. <laughs> Looking for people that like working with kids. Good good with babies. That are fifty plus. At least, at least they're easy. They're easy to talk to. You can rationally with them, right? Like, hey, 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 Steve, knock it off. Oh, sorry about that. I mean, you could they talk to them a little bit. It's a little easier than a two-year-old or something. Must be able um, to lift at least three hundred pounds. Gross. <laughs> oh my God! She can't like, be happy about having to do that. I mean, what makes a person? I mean, I can see if you're in assisted living or some kind of nursing care, you, that's part of your job. But this, I mean, hey, you know what I think like, I'll start? You know, yeah, I'd love like, to do Doug, a business. Doug, where... Doug, you're 55. Do you know what? You, let's work on using the potty. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to put some, gonna put some M&Ms in the toilet, and I want you to try to dunk them with your urine, okay, Doug? Because we're, we're going to try to get out of diapers. Yeah, I, I would ask her, do people walk around in just diapers or do they have their clothes on over the diapers? That's and how the perfect many people- question. I, it Thank really you. is the perfect question. <laughs> I agree. And and how many people have even been Mom, there? Mom, change the to, station. She doesn't I have to- agree with you, lady, little girl. It took you long enough, Andrew. We're going okay. to send you, you there. I would go. I would go. <laughs> and you can report back, okay? Let us know what you like. All right. We sent Sherry undercover in a diaper. <laughs> report back. Maybe you'd this like is it. definitely an evening magazine segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd be shocked at what we found. <laughs> you all right with that, Sherry? Yeah, I mean, I'm I know good. guys that, like, drive long distance. Like, yeah, I don't have time to pull over. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. I <laughs> Okay, that's one thing. That's necessity. This is paying a lot of money. Do that. I know, I know. Hey, hey, it's, uh, I looked it up. Paraphilic who, who remembers trauma at six months old? It's, you have so many questions. You know what? Go there. Go. If you love something, <laughs> let it go. It's not that it far comes, from D.C., right? If it comes back, make sure it's not in a diaper. That's the way that okay. whole All right. expression goes. All right. That's All good. right. That's one place Nate's not, I'm not going to be down there. Every once in a while, on Wheel of Fortune, the contestant does the guesses on something, and then the uh, the people that are watching them, whoa, whoa, she's right, you're wrong, Pat, you to give her the money, give her the money, have it again. This happens uh, probably at least once every couple of years, anyway. So, the answer, Sherry, I'll tell you now, was pink orchid. Pink mm -hmm. orchid. What is a pink orchid? So. She has to try to guess. There's a couple letters that are missing. Living thing is the category. You have 10 seconds thing. to 
and try to tell us what's up there. Good luck. Something orchid. Hi. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh. Did she say pink? No, she you said think. think. Shh. <clears throat> Hold on, she Something orchid. Hi, uh, 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 Pony orchid. <laughs> you might have been overthinking. Uh, uh. Think of a type of orchid. Pink. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that didn't work out for you, and I have to look in here, but I can't open it, so. Oh, there you go. I know, that would have been awfully nice. But she had a good night. $14,700. Uh, $14,007. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Okay, then everybody's using, oh, Pat Sage, I can give her the money. Here it is. So what did she end up saying, Sherry? Think orchid. She knew it was orchid, so she was thinking out loud, saying, think orchid. What kind of orchid could it be? Ah. And she goes through a couple things, and now people are saying, no, she said pink. If she had said pink, wouldn't she have said to him, I already said pink? Yeah, or waited Pat. for the letter to turn or something? <laughs> No. Yeah. 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 She said, think. Think orchid. Here's where she might have said, yeah. Think orchid. Yeah, think orchid is what uh, she uh, said. You've got, you, said, you just sent me her uh, her interview. I haven't listened to it, but I've got it here. You want me to play it? She thinks she curses in it? Okay, I, I don't think so. It's Good Morning okay. America. Good Morning America. Okay. You know, we got the ultimate referee joining us <laughs> exclusively for our GMA viewers. The <laughs> ultimate referee who can give us the answer is Megan Carvel herself. So, Megan, thank you for being with us this morning. And for the history books and for the sake of this desk, <laughs> what did you say? You know, I wish I said pink because there I would have go. been $40,000 richer. <laughs> but I said something. You said, oh, something. No, oh. Something. Oh. Something, Orchid. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Whew, put that one to rest. <laughs> Why wasn't that glad our lead story? Glad we figured that one out. <laughs> yeah. Something. By the way, she was it. wearing adult diapers while she was on the show. By the way, Good for her. It's going around. <laughs> you know, it's it's tough having been on. I can tell you, I, I, I was in a game show. It's not like a big deal about it, but it is. Uh... Really? I have not heard about that. Sometimes I literally you know, have not, and I feel left out. You can watch it, Joe. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, on YouTube right, somewhere. Right. Me playing Hollywood Squares. And they told us beforehand, they said, listen, it's really, we're all backstage. They did five shows a day. It's really important. You're going to get very, very nervous. So breathe a lot. Try to control the stress. And also have something to eat. They had lots of food there. They say, when you get up there, your brain is just going to go, and you're going to blank out on a bunch of really, really simple things. So just try to control the stress, control it, because if not, you're just, your mind would go completely blank. And you will know that when you know, Tom Bergeron goes, and, and what is your name and who are you playing for? And people are like, uh, Rob. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my name. Yeah, but then others are just able to overcome that stress and then become the biggest winner they've ever had on Hollywood Squares. <laughs> what, what can I say? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> My ugly face. <laughs> I told you what happened. I went back the second time, right? Uh-huh. Okay, then I'm not going to tell you then. <laughs> really, you do you remember it, you the story? Could... Do you remember the story? Yeah, you went back a second time. Whoopi Goldberg was there. And? No, she was there the first time, too. She smelled great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you don't remember. Well, I thought there was something to do with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Don't, I get don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. That's my Wookie Bill, but Wookie Goldberg imitation. Um, what happened next? We're out of time. <laughs>
Oh, all right. Cliffhanger. <laughs> I, I might share with you later.